This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Lots of stories over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Be sure to check it out. We got stuff from the Mich- Michigan's 56-10 win over Hawaii, which we're going to recap in this episode. But then we've also got stuff on the next week, other team going on. So there'll be lots of press conferences this week. Uh, so we'll get some updates on on some of the, the other storylines. But this episode, it's going to be mostly quarterbacks. Obviously, that's the main storyline coming out of the Wolverines win over the Rainbow Warriors. But in the back half of the episode for the, for the diehards, there'll be, there'll be some talk about some of the other things that we saw. There were, there were a couple things. You know, I'll get Steve's thoughts as well. But there were a couple individual performances that I thought were particularly encouraging for the long-term outlook of Michigan's season. But Steve, speaking of a particularly encouraging individual performance, uh, JJ McCarthy looked about as good as possible. I think we both said before in the preview episode, Michigan, they'll never say it, but I think they probably wanted McCarthy to come out on Saturday and look that good. You know, because just, just to put the whole thing to bed, there's no more quarterback drama, in my opinion. And I think in most opinions, and, and Jim Harbaugh, not usually that forthcoming in press conferences saying, yeah, no, no, he's he's the starter. And I thought it was interesting. You know, he, he said a couple things like he was making throws that that Jim never made. And I think that's probably true. I mean, I thought I thought McCarthy 11 for 12, 229 yards, three touchdowns, just a, a really incredible performance. And and I, the two things that stood out to me. Uh, accuracy was obviously a big one. You know, none of those throws were, well, none of them were like at their knees or I think there was one that was technically behind a receiver, but a couple of those were in really tight windows. And, and I thought his accuracy was really good. I don't think McCarthy's ever been an inaccurate passer, but that was maybe one area in fall camp that, you know, the, the consistency and the, the accuracy were, were things that he was still, still working on, but you know, everyone, everyone by, by now knows the story. He missed all of spring, spent about half of fall camp kind of getting reacclimated or re- readjusted to the swing of things. And then toward the end of fall camp, he really started to pick it up, which you and I have both hypothesized prompted this. Each quarterback is going to get a start situation, uh, but no, really, really good velocity. I thought he had great touch. And, and ultimately he just looks like a quarterback that can, raise Michigan's ceiling. I, I say that understanding that Cade McNamara won a Big Ten title, led Michigan to a playoff appearance. But but I think if I'm if I'm being honest, when I look at Michigan, I, I they're ranked number four heading into last weekend. I'm I wasn't really convinced that they could possibly finish the season above third or fourth. 
you know, in terms of contending for that national championship. What I saw from J.J. McCarthy, I, I think that they can. I think their ceiling got higher. You know, the, the, the eyebrow-raising throws, uh, we've seen his rushing ability, his, his athleticism before. I think Michigan's ceiling got higher this weekend, despite them playing maybe the worst team in the FBS. I think that that, that, that development and the way McCarthy looked changes what I think Michigan can become. I don't think I'm changing my season predictions yet. I think I need to see more of the Big Ten up against better opponents. But I do think Michigan's ceiling got higher. That that was really my main takeaway, and that was what my story was. You know, McCarthy, it's, it's one thing to look good and win the starting quarterback job. It's another thing to do what he did. I thought he looked... He looked like he might be a top 10 quarterback in the country. And it's, it's, it's a low sample size against a crap team. But I test the velocity, the touch, the accuracy, you know, the vision downfield. I, it was something that wasn't – I think he's still working on, on that. And obviously he's going to get more and more comfortable uh, with the college speed once he's a starter and getting these high snap counts. But, and we'll see what happens when other defenses kind of start to learn his tricks or his tendencies. It's kind of like a pitcher in Major League Baseball. You know, they come out, come out of the gate hot, and then everyone figures out their pitches, and then you have to adjust even more. But at the same time, felt like the ceiling got, got a lot higher for Michigan football with the way McCarthy won the job. Steve, your thoughts on the, on the quarterback performance you saw Saturday night? Yeah, his performance not really opponent-dependent, right? 11 for 12, I think the 12th was a drop. He hit short routes. He hit intermediate routes. He hit a couple deep routes also, you know, and, and really just never looked uncomfortable, you know? So yeah, as you talk about the uh, pitcher stuff, you know, like a second time around the lineup type deal. I think what's different here though, is that he really kind of has all of the, the tools and that includes the legs, you know, it's like, I think he's, he's obviously a guy that can make plays with his feet and get you 10 or 15 or get you six or seven. Uh, but he also is able to maneuver around in the pocket and has that arm that can make those big time throws. You know, we know we've seen it a hundred times, like, you know, the longer the play extends, the more, the better chance there is that somebody's open somewhere. And he has that, the arm that can get it to those guys in those situations, you know, so no, there's zero doubt that the ceiling has been raised. You know, I, I think if anything, I mean, it's, it's gotta be a sort of a relief, right? I mean, this is kind of, this is over now. Now Michigan can kind of move on. You know, I think one of the, one of the only questions I have is, is, you know, this is like, you know, Kate McNamara has been, been consistently touted as a leader and, you know, one of the lead voices, you know, can they keep his head in the game still? Because I still, you never, you know, so it can only take one or two plays, you know, for, for him to have to step in and be the guy again, right? So you don't want to lose your second guy, especially one who's had a who had a solid track record of success last year. So, uh, but overall, yeah, this can't be anything but then a but a best case scenario for Michigan. I mean, he did. He looked the part. I say it's opponent. It's independent of the opponent when you're seeing the types of throws being made and the accuracy with which they're being made. I mean, the, the deep ball to Roman Wilson for the touchdown, the deep ball to uh, Cornelius Johnson, and then maybe even better was the the tight window to Ronnie Bell for the touchdown, you know, uh, 
just showcased. And I, that's why I wonder if the play calling, you know, but I, I thought he showcased, was able to showcase a lot of like, kind of like everything that he is capable of doing and, and, and how he could look. So no, I think if you're a Michigan fan, I think you're excited. Uh, I think you think that there's this, this team's got a real opportunity now uh, with what they have up front, what they have at back. And, and, you know, we've talked about the skill positions and stuff, but now at quarterback, it does, it feels like you have a much, much higher ceiling guy. I think the last thing I'd add, not too concerned about McCarthy's makeup either. I mean, that was this, that this is something that he's been working towards uh, since he was in high school, as far as the mental side of the game. So I, I think if you're a Michigan fan, probably not next week, but let's just say Maryland or Iowa, you know, say mistake is made in there somewhere. I don't think he's the kind of guy that it's going to snowball with. You know, I think that's, he's, he's really, he's, he was pretty open. I mean, even during his recruitment about, learning how to get past learning how to get past mistakes and stuff like that. So overall, yeah, best case scenario for Michigan. I think we always said this was a battle of the higher floor possibly versus the higher ceiling. I think what's maybe even more encouraging is you could argue it looks like McCarthy will have a higher floor also once he gets even more acclimated to things. You know, the big thing with Cade was is, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. You know, he normally made the right play. Um didn't make that many big mistakes, although, you know, heading towards the, the home stretch last year and in the early parts of this season, uh, you know, he started to maybe make a few more mistakes than we were accustomed to see him making at different points last year. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think Michigan's ceiling is raised. But, yeah, I kind of, I'm starting to think that their floor is raised, which is as important, you know, for a team that should, should be a contender in the Big Ten. Yeah, you bring up a, an interesting point. I mean, J.J. McCarthy – I think the concern after last season, if there was a concern, I'm not saying there is, but if someone were to be skeptical or, or leery, I think it would be the turnovers. But it, it really seemed like Saturday. And then, and then also, I would say week one, you know, we talked about McCarthy looked better than Cade. In week one, too, it, 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 I did not see very many plays where I was like, oh, against another team, that might be a turnover. Because, I mean, that is true. Hawaii's defense is just... It gave up 63 points to Vanderbilt. It's not going to be this. If if there was an interception caliber throw or turnover worthy play, Hawaii probably wouldn't make it or wouldn't be in position for it. But at the same time, I didn't see any turnover worthy plays. And that that's really, that's probably the only concern about McCarthy. I mean, and, and, and <laughs> I know Michigan fans, like it's, they're so used to like when something good happens, something bad has to happen as a result, but he's a five-star guy and, and, you know, Michigan's top recruit at quarterback since Ryan Mallett, you know, this is a guy that every school in the playoff picture wanted and he looks the part he does. I mean, it's, you know, and this is the year that he was kind of always supposed to, you know, Jim Harbaugh always says he, he likes to redshirt quarterbacks their freshman year. If he can, JJ was not worth redshirting obviously, but you know, he always felt like year two was when quarterbacks really can take that leap. You see that in the NFL, too. I mean, how many times does a rookie quarterback throw 25 picks or 20 picks, and then in year two they start to look like a, an MVP contender? So, yeah, this is the year where uh, where J.J. McCarthy was supposed to take a step forward, and he really did. In terms of I, – I do think you bring up maybe the one potential concern point is that, that elephant in the room about Cade. I know we saw, I saw some people on our message board posting about transferring. 
He's not going to transfer. I'd be stunned. He can't play anywhere. I don't believe he can practice anywhere if he were to enter the transfer portal right now. Uh, he, he is a team captain. And as you mentioned, he's one play away from being the most important player on the field. So I, I, I think this will be, you know, the, the Kelly Bryant situation. I, I've seen people reference that Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence. That was different because Kelly Bryant was trying to redshirt. So he needs, needed to get out before he played that fifth game. This is, Cade's already redshirted. He has two years of eligibility. He already graduated from Michigan, but my my understanding of the degree program he's in is that he can, if he, if he can get through this season, he can leave Michigan with two degrees, the legacy of being a captain, and at least one Big Ten championship ring, right? And he can help be a part of that equation as they seek a second one. So I uh, would be stunned if he transferred. I, nothing I've heard about Cade behind the scenes would suggest that he would trans. I mean, the, literally the only benefit is to spite Michigan. And I don't think that's, I don't think he's wired that way. And then, it, so the real concern is like just making sure that he's still engaged, making sure that he isn't, you know, frustrated or there isn't tension, you know, with the coaching staff or, or other players have not heard any indication that that would be the case. I mean, this is a guy who, who probably wants to win, more than he wants to, you know, be liked or or impress anybody. So I think he's just really competitive, really, really engaged. Uh, just the reality of of quarterback dynamics is that that's always the this week is important for Michigan's coaches to to be honest and transparent. Um, you know, I thought Jim Harbaugh had a pretty good line after the game Saturday. He's, you know, he said Cade's going to have to have to move on with the rest of the season with gravel in his gut. You know, it, it does suck. It's not fun. <laughs> to lose your starting job and and lose it in a way where where fans are so excited. Obviously, there's a lot of optimism, so it's uh, it's part of life. It's something Kate always knew was a reality when he comes to a place like Michigan, where they are recruiting top level quarterbacks every year. And so, just just I, you know, I I don't think that they have to worry about it. I'm not under the impression that they do, at least. But I do think you know if, if I'm Matt Weiss or if I'm Jim Harbaugh. You know, just making sure that the that the conversations are honest, that they're positive, without you know giving out false hope or anything, just so that Kate understands the the benefits of the situation he's in. Because if he stays engaged, and I mean, one, he could end up being the starter again. We don't we don't know what this season has in store. Uh, but two, he can walk out of Michigan with quite a legacy. You know, no, no matter whether he gets to start again or not. He's going to throw in future games. He already has a Big Ten championship. He has a very good chance of winning another one. Already has a degree. I believe he's on track to get another one. So, so it's and he's a team captain. You know, you can have Michigan has had team captains lose starting jobs before, and that didn't stop them from being team captains. So, yeah, I think um, not 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 a concern, but that is like maybe the one potential concern i guess i would say and and i i suspect it will be fine uh based on what we've what you've heard about cade what i've heard about cade uh and also the team culture you don't you don't hear a lot of thin-skinned people at michigan right now i think past seasons maybe but but this is a this is a group that that likes football more than they you know care about their feelings or or their egos 
All right, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about some of the other things that stood out to us from Michigan's route of Hawaii. You're listening to Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, and we're back. Thanks for waiting. Steve, I, I, I think for me, there were two other players who really uh, – there were a bunch of players that impressed me. But, but in terms of I'm circling their name and thinking I, what we saw from them changes how I view Michigan's long-term potential. And I suspect you have similar ones circled. So I'm going to bring up the first one and, and get your thoughts. I, I thought – well, I'll bring up two. Makari Page and Jamon Green really impressed me. These are two players, you know, we both kind of indicated during our preview episodes the head of the season, which I think are still pretty relevant, actually. But uh, those were two guys that were, that were capable of bouncing back. Um, Jamon Green kind of sort of lost his starting job. He got hurt, too, but kind of sort of lost his starting job to DJ Turner last year, but had heard great things about his spring, about his fall. Hawaii challenged him. They they went after him at least four times. I don't believe he allowed a reception, you know, and when he was targeted. So I thought thought he really stood up to the challenge. And Makari Page, you know, continuing to get extended run. He played starter level snaps last week, did so again this week. You know, this week I, I really came away impressed with his coverage. I thought he really, you know, I think he had two pass breakups. I thought he really showed that side of his game, maybe more than he had has been able to not to not to fault of his own just you know there were a lot of good safeties on their team last season but I think that really changes things I came away feeling like when Michigan is playing those teams that are going to go four wide or five wide at receiver I feel like I feel better about them having the personnel having you know the the range and the depth in that secondary that they're going to be okay your thoughts on Page and Green and the performance you saw Saturday Page is huge. Uh, that might have been a tweet during the game. Uh, no, I mean, he, he gives them physically a different dynamic at safety than they have with the other guys. I think we noted in the first first week of the season, the three uh, Rod Moore, RJ Moten, and Makari Page played almost the same amount of snaps. You know, I, I just – the value he can add for them from a just a versatility standpoint – no, no, if he's quite like bulky enough to move up into the box, I suppose they could in certain situations, you know, because of that length. A six, six, four, six, but like 200 pounds, according to the roster. Right. So even if he's even, a, if he didn't use a few pounds over that still, it's just, that's, that's still pretty much safety size, you know, but it does, and this is what and Harbaugh even mentioned it during uh, fall camp practices was that Makari can give them something different there that they've been really encouraged, you know. And, and I always think it's huge when you see a, like a third year guy, like the light goes on for a guy like that because it hasn't been the 
smoothest transition for him from high school to college. I think he was a pretty high-level four-star recruit. I think there were some expectations there. He had didn't quite play to a high enough level uh, last year in particular, you know. Um, but to see him emerge, you know, safety is a spot where, I mean, Michigan just feels very set there for a while now. Um, between those three and all the young guys they recruited at the position, uh, it just feels like safety is a spot where, where Michigan's going to be set for a while. And with Jamon Green, I mean, this isn't shouldn't be too big of a surprise given, you know, I think Klinkscale said he had his, a better spring than DJ Turner did. They yep. used that as sort of a springboard to challenge him. I've been buying a bounce back for him from the end of last season pretty much. I know Michigan has always believed he's capable of playing at a really high level. But, yeah, I mean, I obviously got to agree. And and here's the other thing, too. He hasn't played perfectly, but I think Will Johnson is getting the proper learning experience that he's going to need later on down the season. Um, you know, I think he's the one that got beat for the touchdown against Hawaii. Uh, but, Colorado but is, State. Yeah, but is a guy that, you know, you can see – why he's as touted as he is corners, not always the easiest spot to make a transition at either. So I think the, I just think the defensive backfield in general has been one of the, not really a pleasant surprise because I think we had expectations there, but they've been really, really good so far, like really good. And I think that's especially encouraging your, yeah, you're talking about a guy like page who hasn't had extensive big game experience. Uh, You're talking about Rod Moore, who's coming off of injury missed the entire spring. And you're talking about a guy like green, like we said, who, who, yes, we were hearing a lot about all those great things in the off season, but you still got to kind of put it together once the season starts and uh, kind of your classic. We don't hear his name during the game. That's a good thing type thing. And uh, we haven't really heard his name much. So, so yeah, I think, I think that's quietly one of the more encouraging aspects of the team in general has been the defensive back play across the board and Michigan will only get, deeper there as the season continues with the talent. Like I said, those freshmen uh, that they have back there, I think, you know, maybe a couple more guys that, that as the season goes on, you know, I thought Cody Jones, again, garbage time, but you know, Cody Jones got a lot of nice experience at corner on, on Saturday as well. And looked, looked pretty solid from my standpoint. So, uh, you know, just pick your poison eventually, but, but the top guys have really performed so far. Yeah. I thought I, I agree, and I think I think Saturday, you know, it, it's, it's those were the two players that really stood out to me. But I thought a lot of players got really valuable experience. Quinton Johnson played forty snaps. Caden Colasar thirty seven. Will Johnson played thirty four. I mean, that's that's huge for someone that they expect to kind of be in that primary cornerback rotation as a true freshman. I mean, that's you know, that's it's almost worth two games in terms of snap counts for being the number four cornerback. Um, you know, Mike Sainer still continuing to get more snaps, continuing to really look like maybe I'll say Jim Harbaugh's second smartest position switch. I think Chase Winovich moving from tight end to defensive end, probably number one, probably going to be number one no matter what. But, you know, Sainer is still starting to really, really look like a valuable decision um, it, on the Will John. To note, I, I really think Michigan played it the smart way Saturday, playing the four true freshmen were among the top nine Michigan defensive players in snaps. 
Derek Moore got th- 28. Kenneth Grant got 28. Mason Graham got 34. Will Johnson got 34. So I thought I thought that was I'm sure that was part of their plan. But you know, those are kind of the four true freshmen we've circled on the defensive side saying if they have it, you know, that they can really help Michigan this season. And so I thought thought that was really smart uh by Michigan to to understand and not wait until I mean, granted they'd have to wait long for the game to get out of hand, but you know, right away those guys are playing and 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 kept them in there and understanding like hey you talk about ceiling raisers guy like Derek Moore guy like Kenneth Grant Mason Graham and Will Johnson those those are ceiling raisers too so I thought that was that was pretty significant on the offensive side I don't have a ton to say I mean we we already talked about the quarterback situation I will say though came away really impressed with CJ Stokes and Isaiah Gash. Uh, obviously, Donovan Edwards, I guess there's, there's some curiosity about you know what his timetable is um, or what, what kind of injury it even is. Um, I think there's an assumption Blake Corum will be great. I think there's an assumption Donovan Edwards will be, will be great. But I, I came away pretty impressed with C.J. Stokes, Isaiah Gash. Those were two players that, that really stood out to me. And, and I, I just I, – I really – gotta think people who know football you know old school football fans just love the way Michigan's receivers block the way Michigan's tight ends block in the run game I mean this is it's just really cool to watch you know the entire play come together and then and then I thought Stokes and Gash showed a lot of patience Gash I I really we really hadn't seen much of his playmaking ability before got more than than you know a typical walk-on for sure um, and then Stokes looks like someone who can who can really be valuable to Michigan this season, not just as a third back to when the other guys are tired or keep their snap counts down, but you know someone who can really help Michigan. Anything stand out to you, Steve? Else about this game? Anything jump out to you as, a, as maybe a lasting thought or takeaway uh, when as as we look ahead? I thought another good performance for from G O L Hadi. You know, I, I, he's one I'm always watching, uh, you know, we're, we kind of have a good idea now of the pecking order up front. You know, it's like Jeff Percy looks like the backup at left tackle. Tristan Bounds looks like the backup at right, um, behind Barnhart, right? We know Barnhart's number six, regardless of what position, but again, we're looking at, you know, the other guys in that situation. Um, so good to see. I, I thought one thing, I guess, I don't know if we're back tracking necessarily but one thing that i thought was interesting and i'm wondering if harbaugh has asked about it today um amarion walker playing on both sides of the ball kind of an interesting little wrinkle there um to throw him in there at corner late in the game uh i thought was was a pretty interesting deal and then uh same with dom guadice played on the offensive side of the ball on Saturday. So I'm wondering if that's a position, a permanent position change, because he did not play on the defensive side of the ball. So a uh, couple small little things I noticed just off the participation chart, but, but uh, yeah, curious about the Amorian Walker thing, how serious they are about, I, I don't think they'd be doing that at all unless they were like, unless they were serious about it. It seems like kind of a weird thing to do unless you really think the guy's capable of it. Um 
but yeah, no, otherwise not really. Isaiah Gash was a walk on that Michigan was actually really excited about. That was, I can't remember who, you know, it's like, it's a weird thing of people maybe not don't realize, but sometimes you actually, you have like recruiting battles, like for your preferred walk on guys. And I can't remember if it was Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. I can't remember if it was actually Wisconsin or like Minnesota, or it was like somebody in the West division. I'm pretty sure uh, that Michigan kind of had to like battle a little bit uh, to get that PWO. And uh, so not, he looked better than I thought he would anyway, but, but still if like, he's somebody I know when they got him, they were, they were pretty excited about from a preferred walk-on standpoint. So um, Matthew Hibner plays H back. He's the only one listed on and as, as the H back on the participation chart, not a surprise. I feel like that's where his best fit is. I feel like Michigan I feel like, you know, interested to see if that, that expands at all. If they, if they come out with more of those sets, you know, cause I think that's where he is. I think that's where he'd be the most valuable for them, but, Otherwise, pretty, you know, standard. I think the receivers are, you know, nice to see some deep balls. You know, nice to see the ball go down the field. You know, you see, and again, Donovan Edwards runs an out route like a receiver and and, and makes catch should have scored a touchdown. Like he's just super super talented player. So um, yeah. Otherwise, this is all about JJ. So as expected, you know, and he obviously passed the test with flying colors. He did. He did. Yep. And that's, I think, I think we've covered all of our bases. So that's going to do it for this episode. Be sure to check out all of our stories about all the different storylines, players and coaches that, that speak to the media this week over at the Michigan insider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Michigan is now two and and they're playing another really, really bad team next week, but be sure to stick around or stay tuned. I should say for the, for the preview podcast for that, some of the storylines that we're going to keep our eye on in that game. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.